0: Okay, today is all about well our key scripture is actually ecclesiastes 3 the whole of 3 to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heavens so for the last 2 and 2 years and 9 months roughly Um, We have been constantly reminded, oh, it's just a season. Oh, it's just a season. It's just a season. You know, oh, how long will we have to stand in line for? Just a season. These are unprecedented times. Things are changing. So we've gone from kind of like, and we are very fortunate here in our country, where we live a fairly stable life okay? We're not under threat of an enemy coming in, shutting down cities, bombing us. We are very blessed. So, you know, when the whole COVID stuff kind of hit our particular part of the world, it was like this constant change, constant change, you know? And, and I remember even um, in the classroom, it's like, why are these kids acting up? What's going on? You know, because we hadn't quite figured out how much like the change was affecting everyone. You know, the norm of daily life as we know it today is actually quite different to that two years ago when the whole COVID stuff happened. Even nine months ago, you know, we started the school year, there was an extra two weeks holiday, all the teachers had to go back and then, like it was just crazy and we feel like we've just been catching up all year and here we are with nine weeks or eight weeks or whatever left to go, we're at the end, So just be gracious to your teachers, like we've really worked hard, really worked hard to keep a sense of normal. (laughs) So throughout our lives, we experience seasons of trials, of joy, of sadness, mourning, of laughter, endings and new beginnings. And when we're going through a challenging time like we have been as a society in the last two and a bit years, what do we say? It's just a season. Thank goodness it's just a season. And yet when we're in times of abundance, great times, we think we're going to be in that forever. We don't say, oh, it's just a season. We better start praising. We better hang on to what we've got. It's only a season when it's bad. (laughs) Hmm... Ecclesiastes 3, the whole um, chapter, a time for everything. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born, time to die, time to plant, time to uproot, time to kill and a time to heal, time to tear down, a time to build, weep, laugh, mourn, dance, scatter stones gather them a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing and all the introverts went oh, yes. <laughs> and all the extroverts went no. a time to search and a time to give up time to keep and a time to throw away oh, I might need that I might need that I, I can't Eden had to come actually and help me just recently and she's like keep or not keep and I'm like not keep wait wait keep <laughs> terrible terrible because oh, I'm an emotional person a time to tear, uh, tear and a time to mend a time to be silent and a time to speak a time to love and to hate a time for war a time for peace what do workers gain from their toil I've seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Every translation uses that word beautiful. So there must be something about that. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So in verse 11, it says, He has made everything beautiful in his time. So everything means everything. Nothing is, nothing is left. Everything is made beautiful. In all there is beauty and harmony. Everything is done in the time in which he wills it to be done. And done in the time most fit and suitable for it to be done. Oh, I forgot to set the timer. Oh, no, Marty, once, once I get, like, this microphone. Oh, no, no, it's all right. I've, it's automatic. It's fine. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> all things, all natural things are beautiful in their season. Frost and snow in winter, not so much here. Heat in summer and orange glow and curled leaves in autumn and the pastel colours of new life in spring. There's darkness and grey shadows in the night and light and brightness during the day. His whole work, the mystery of God, will be seen, which is like a piece of tapestry. If I can have the next slide. When only viewed in parts, no beauty can be seen. So look here. This is the beginning of a tapestry. You can see the the strings all ordered and then just the beginnings here. Does it look like anything beautiful? Anyone feel like that's their life? No, don't, that's rhetorical. Rhetorical. We <laughs> might have a full altar. Then as, you know, as they start, you know, going through, you can see the beginnings of something, but it still doesn't look like anything, you know. The person making it, they know exactly where they're doing it. They know exactly what colour thread. If I can have the next slide. And that turns to this. But even if you go up close... You can only see a portion. You have to look at the whole thing. And that's, that's what God sees our life as. That's what God sees time and eternity as. And we're just getting this snippet of little, you know, he might be changing your threads right now and there's just a mess of threads. But he's, he can see it. He can see it. So what is a season? Like we say it all the time. Oh, it's just a season, you know. And sometimes we can get used to saying words that we actually don't know like the meaning or the semantics of it so it's a noun it's four divisions of the year spring summer autumn winter marked by particular weather patterns and daylight hours resulting from the earth's changing position with regard to the sun the word season in this context comes from the old french saison, which actually means Sowing and planting, saison. I'm going to saison in my garden. This in turn came from the Latin sationem. I had to write the pronunciation. Sationem, which means sowing. So initially this referred to actually sowing seeds. But later, as with the old French saison, it shifted definition to refer to the time when you sow seeds. So that timing, not just the actual sowing of seed, the timing of sowing seeds. So literally, season means seed time. So seasons, it didn't just happen. Seasons are a God idea. So much so right in the beginning of the book, right in the beginning Genesis 1 verse 14 and God said let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years seasons are a God thing In Psalm 104, verse 19, it says, He made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows it's time for setting. See, even the sun is obedient to God's will. It knows when it's supposed to do what it's supposed to do. So our life here on earth is literally made up of different seasons. And seasons mean change but we who live on this earth and this earth is made up of seasons but we who live on earth of course we know better and we hate change but nothing is static for long but you know what's that old saying if there's one thing that's certain in life it's change We'd rather stay on the happier side of things. Remember what I was saying about, you know, we don't want the season to end when we're living in abundance and everything's great. Your kids are all, like, doing the right thing and you go home and everything's, like, perfect. You know, you've got energy, you're not tired. We want to stay in that side. But as long as we live in a world that's filled with chaos, it's just a fact that we can't live without unchanging circumstances but however these seasons of change should bring us hope because we know that God is in control and everything remember is designed to be good in its season so a little story about change and how much I don't like it um, did you know that doing cartwheels is not like riding a bike if you think it is i challenge you go to a park very far away from other people who are watching my situation was not very far away from people watching and um yeah your center of gravity changes like no i think that i can do like i'm the same person nope but you know i don't like to change. I like things ordered. You know even though sometimes things are very messy I get annoyed by the mess but then I don't have the energy to clean the mess and so it's just this really like annoying cycle you know and change like it makes me anxious. I hate the thought of moving house. I'm going to stay here forever. I couldn't I couldn't be one of those people that moves frequently um And change usually means that I have to add things to my already overflying plate. But, um, you know, I guess over the last couple of years, no, decades, there have been major changes in and to my personal life. But as painful as that stretching of the tent has been, it's painful. Um... My capacity has been enlarged. Now, I couldn't have stood here saying these words even six months ago because something is changing. I've been stretched beyond capacity, but somehow he gives you that capacity. My capacity has been enlarged. My heart has grown bigger. You know when you have your first baby and it's like, oh, I couldn't love anything else. I couldn't possibly love anything else and then it's like I remember we actually had a conversation like when we were having our second baby I was like what if we don't have enough love for the second baby like we're really worried and you know you do you and then fast forward I have like six kids at home and how do I love them all God has given my heart, like, I don't know what he's done, but he's just enlarged it, okay? So just trust the process. And and my resilience, I mean... (laughs) Yeah. Change is hard, but, you know... And let's just think about these seats that you're all sitting right now. If we had not been through some major changes in and to our personal life, well, we wouldn't be here, like here. This church wouldn't be here. And you sitting in these seats, you would not be sitting in these seats if these major changes happened all those, you know, like we're we're heading into decades now. Well, just over a decade. So the changes that affected us are now affecting you? Hmm. So here in Australia, we don't have, like, our seasons are not as obvious as other parts of the world. We just really have just one really long, drawn-out kind of season. But let's have a little refresher course. So spring generally brings warmer yet rainy weather. Jacarandas, so it's right at the time now, jacarandas are in full bloom. Gardens are filled with lavender, sunflowers, lilies. It brings us hope and hay fever. (laughs) Yesterday I went to the chemist and I said, oh, I need some more Zyrtec. And the lady said, "Ah, just a 20-pack. I went, no, 50. It's spring. (laughs) Just, and I look I'm also allergic to my dog. So to have my dog at my house, I have to have, <laughs> you know, hay fever, flowers. Summer comes stealing in. I feel like summer is the rudest month. If months had emotions, summer is just waiting there. It's waiting there and waiting there. It just wants to, like, bring that humidity. It's intense. But summer means Christmas for us down here it means unlimited beach days covered in spf 50 of course and zinc it's a smell of barbecue and the bzzz, as the mosquitoes hit the those blue bug zappers autumn kind of lingers in because summer as i said is rude and it will not relinquish control on our climate <laughs> lingers in with golden leaves ready to quickly cover the ground and the days are getting shorter and cooler Actually, has anybody ever thought about why Easter is like pastel colours and why Halloween is oranges and brown colours? Because they're seasonal, not our season. In the Northern Hemisphere, they have Easter in spring and they have like their Halloween-type months or Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving probably should have thought about that more, is, is all the oranges and the pumpkins. That's in October for them. So, like, that's why it doesn't make sense to us. Because we're like, hang on, like, we got leaves falling down, it's getting colder, but you're talking about new life and rabbits. and So that's just something to mess with your brain. Winter awaits, well, with, well, we don't really get a real winter. It's more like just a little puff of cold air for us Queenslanders. But sometimes, like the winter we just had, we were able to break out our hoodies and our coats and the days are short and many places are covered in snow. Just not us. Can I have the next slide, please? So let's take a look at one tree in all four seasons. Let's have a look. So it's the same picture. Um, I'll go backwards. Winter, spring, autumn, summer. Green grass in summer. Same tree, same perspective. That's the constant. What's the constant? The constant thing is the tree, it hasn't moved. Okay? So imagine for the next little part the analogy that you are that tree in these seasons. So each season brings its own temperatures. It has its own barometric pressure. It has its own temperance. What it looks like is different. What it feels like is different. And these on this side are all external circumstances. Okay? External. It's happening outside of the tree. And some seasons we like... And some seasons we don't like. Some we can't wait for them to be over. Now, I really love winter, so I'm super sad every year because winter is like a couple of weeks. Um, and I really don't like summer. But we are, you know. And there are certain things you can do in certain seasons and other things you can't do. We all know, just next slide, that... Olaf really, really wanted to be in summer. (laughs) Can he be in summer? No, he can't. Can you go back to the next slide? (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know anybody who likes going swimming in in the middle of winter. Is anyone here that would do that? Okay. Oh, okay. All right, Alexis and Messi have put their hands up. But, you know, if it's spring or summer, it's almost impossible to get the kids out of the pool. We had some kids over on Friday night and, like, we were all trying every parent card in the book to get these kids out of the pool. And it's October. It's October. It's not even, like, hot, hot. So, likewise, fruit trees are not pruned. Did you know this? I'm not a gardener, so I didn't know this. Some people might know this. They're not pruned in the middle of summer. I just actually thought you just cut them whenever. Turns out you don't. Why? Why don't we cut trees in summer? Does anybody know? Somebody? No? Not quite. They don't quite die, but they will bleed. Oh, they will die, but first they will bleed to death. Because summer is when the tree's sap is overflowing. But in winter, you begin to prune the fruit tree so that it will bear fruit. Pruning of a fruit tree causes it to bring forth larger and sweeter fruit. Can anyone see where we're going? So the tree goes through these four. Let's, Let's go back. Oh, can we go back to the tree one? The tree goes through its four seasons, four changes a year, okay? Four significant changes a year. But how many seasons bear fruit? One. One season out of three bears fruit. So that means that there are three seasons... Where how much fruit is produced? None. No fruit is produced in most of the seasons of the year. So if I can just pause and just have this so you can reflect on it. If there's only one season out of four that bear fruit... Why do we make permanent decisions based on temporary circumstances? You see, the tree cannot bear fruit in summer because it hasn't gone through the winter first. In winter, the tree is at its most bare. It has been pruned right back. It is exposed. Now, just imagine, like, put this in your own context now. It is exposed. It appears barren. Does not offer shade or comfort for those seeking refuge. It simply does not have the resources to do so. And yet... Now, I know that there's... Probably every one of us has gone, oh, I can resonate with that. I can relate to that. I have felt or I feel bare. I feel exposed. I feel like uh, people want stuff from me, but I just can't offer them comfort. But wait, there is something internal happening during these winter months, there is something unseen to the outside. Because we think that, like, just what you see on the outside, because it's shoved in our face so often about what you look like, what things look like. No, it's what's happening inside. You see, if the roots are deep enough and the core is strong enough, those new buds, those new life are starting to form already. Slowly, slowly, slowly. Everything is made beautiful in its right time. And at first, it might even just look like bumps. It might even look like uh, ugly, like bumps on the on the tree limbs. In fact, a friend, just posted she's growing pineapples, and she wrote um, she didn't realize all this year that the little bumps on her pineapples that were flower, or the, they were flowers first. So all those little bumps that you see on the pineapple. They actually start as flowers first. I was like, oh, how timely. Thanks, God, for that example. So, you know, like these little bumps are starting to form and when we're in a winter season, mate, we just feel like, please don't look at me. I can't look at myself in the mirror. I don't want to be reminded of the season I'm in. But trust is timing. You see, then at the appointed time, those bumps... Become buds. And those buds become blossoms. And the blossoms are the promise of the fruit that is to come. So you can't have summer, you can't have fruit without the process of when the fruit is being prepared. But see, in these spring months, the blossoms, they're fragile. They're just starting to show their beauty and they need to be cared for gently so that they can form into the fruit that it has been intended for that tree to produce. Are you seeing some parallels here? I hope so because, like, sometimes I get caught up in the whole analogy of things. So you may have felt that you've been in a winter and that's okay. But that does not mean that your promises have died. Okay, we need to get this. Just because you're in a winter doesn't mean that God's not hearing you. It doesn't mean that everything he's given you in promises and in prophetic words and and plans and callings, winter season is not a time of death. In fact, it's the very opposite Winter is perhaps the most important of them all because that's when things are being first prepared. Now, if we want to put that into our analogy, into our own lives, that means if you are going through a winter period right now, draw near to Him. You get in that prayer closet because, in your prayer closet, that's when He can give you refuge. In your prayer closet, that's when you can say, I don't know what's going on, God, but man, I am going to trust you because I know that you've given me a promise. Don't let it die because you never know when it's just starting to bud. We can see the seasons, but you know, when it's our own heart, when it's our own life, we tend to just, oh, I, oh, you've got to recognize your season. We get so. It's really heartbreaking. It's really heartbreaking, church. When we have people coming to us, or sometimes we don't even get that courtesy, and they just go, delete, unfriend, not coming. But we're like, but you're on a journey. What's happening? And we are not the people that go, ah, oh, okay, flick, go out the door, we don't care. We take it personally. We're like, what could we have done to help that person move into that next season? Could we have watered them more? Could we have done something more? But they're gone. They've actually destroyed their springtime, and so they can't bear fruit. And so who suffers? Yes, those people suffer, but we as the body suffer. Please hear a pastor's heart. Hear a mother's heart. Do not let your promises die in winter. You see, your seasons may change, but you and your calling remain the same, constant, unchanging. Why? Because God is constant and unchanging, and he is moulding us to be who we are meant to be. He is the creator of all good things. And he allows everything to work together to achieve his master plan. Now, it's okay to experience times of mourning. It really is. In fact, it's necessary. Because how can you experience joy if you haven't experienced sadness? Delicate balance. But we can't lose sight of the fact that God is with us and he remains faithful. If it breaks our heart when people go, nah, I don't want to part, like when people denounce like God publicly on Facebook and whatever like it's just so it's like oh my goodness if it breaks our heart what's it doing to God's heart he remains faithful in the midst of our grief and he has laughter coming for us on the other side he he promises that to Job I know that we pray when we have major changes coming it's like okay God And it's usually like this. (laughs) I know that you've got something on the other side and you're laughing because you can see what's on the other side, but can you just give us a little trickle now? Because we are (laughs) like just a little bit, Just just a little taste. He's like, oh, all in good time, all in good time. Trusting in God comes from and comes with relationship with him. See, if you just meet somebody in, I don't know, randomly in the coffee shop or wherever, and they say, you need to go and do this, are you going to listen to them? Are you going to say, oh, okay, oh, you might get an email. You might get an email that says, oh, you've got a parcel waiting. If you click on this (laughs) weird link... I am sometimes a true blonde and I will say, "Um, "Hun, is this a real thing? It says it's from Australia Post. And he's like, no, it's not. You know, do we trust that? I've got no relationship with that. Do we trust the person that says, hey, you want to come with me? Um, I've got something for you. No, because we've got no relationship with that person. And imagine if God is trying and trying and he's saying things to you and he's showing you things... And you have no relationship. Are you going to trust what he says? Are you going to trust what he says through others? Genesis 8.22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest... Cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. Here are some truths to know in every season. In Christ, God loves me. Now, these are absolutes. These are not like, uh, I don't think you really mean that. No, these are absolutes. You might need to get the podcast so you can just focus on these bits, write them down, put them in the mirror, put them on your phone, put them somewhere. In Christ, I have God's favour. Actually, can I do something a bit teachery right now? Is that okay? All right, can you repeat these after me? Okay, number one. In Christ, God loves me. In Christ, I have God's favour. God is, God is always with me. What I sow, I reap. I sow, I reap. <laughs> that one where we're like, oh, what I sow, I reap. God wants me to be fruitful. Me to be fruitful. Mercy, is Mercy is available. Grace, is available. Grace is, available. is available. Help is available. And I'll finish with this. The same words that I started with. Life is constantly evolving and changing. Seasons come and seasons go. But God is constant. He will help us. He will help you to be constant if you trust him. Lamentations three twenty-two to 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen.